Matthew 13 and verse 44 uh, uh, down to 46. The story of this morning in our super story uh, teaching series is tagged Seize the Moment. And we heard the story from Matthew 13, one of the shortest parables of Jesus. The parable of the eating treasure and pear. The eating treasure and pear. Seize the moment. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and tell them, seize the moment? The parable of the eating treasure and pearl, and I want to unpack it this morning as we move ahead with our super story teaching series. We've been teaching from the parables of Jesus, knowing that culture is transferred through stories, through written history and stories. Traditions are transferred through written stories and written history. And values are also transferred through you know, moonlight tales and all that would transfer values. I mean, I mean, many of us have heard about some uh, traditional values, maybe from Igbo land, Yoruba land, wherever you came from in Nigeria, uh, through stories. Even the stories of, of the, the tortoise and, uh, and the different ones, you know, we've used it to, 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 to transfer all kinds of values, a value for endurance, for patience, for integrity, for hard work, you know, uh, all kinds of values. And that's what we're doing with this series. Kingdom values as depicted from Jesus' parables and stories. This is one of the shortest, like I said. Can you put up for me, please, Matthew 13 uh, from verse 44. The parable of the eating treasure and pear. In fact, just, just I think it's, it was written in just two verses. Matthew uh, 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field, in a, in a field, which is a man, which a man found, and eat, and for and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Praise God! Uh, please let this synchronize. What you're giving me is not synchronizing. Yeah. Uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful pair who, when he had found one pair of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He went and sold all that he had and then bought it. So from the story of this morning, you can imagine just playing around Matthew 13 and verse 44. That's how we came up with the story that you heard this morning. Just playing around it uh, in a Hebrew man walking to catch up a meeting and wanted to take a shortcut. And in those days, it was permitted for you to just take your route through somebody's farm just to take a shortcut. So far, you don't take anything that doesn't belong to you. And as the man was going, supporting himself, having walked kilometers, at a point, his, his staff hit on something that sounded differently. And waiting there to inquire a little bit more, what could this be? A rock or uh, something? Eventually, he discovered a treasure, a hidden treasure that he noticed had been there for many years. Gold coins from Rome, close to, you know, a hundred years old, that would now sell for a lot of money. All kinds of pearls and all kinds of, you know, colorful gemstones in the box. Something that showed that this must have been buried for many years, and whoever buried this must have died and Whoever owned the field may not even be aware. Maybe he bought it 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. 
may not even be aware that anything like this is here. So the guy quickly uh, buried it back, covered the place, marked the place. Something told him he could have this, but it would have been, you know, uh, uh, stealing or robbery if you just carry this and walk away. And as a man that has conscience, a good conscience, he started going away. And he was thinking to himself, how can I have this treasure? The only way I can have the treasure, this thing that I perceive to be a treasure, that, you know, that, that is worth so much, is to sell all that I have. Sell my farm, sell my tools, sell, you know, the animals, sell everything, and then buy the land. Because whoever owns the land, owns the treasure. Yeah. Whoever owns the land, owns the treasure. So, he went and did that and bought the land and invariably became the owner of the treasure. We all find ourselves in situations in life where we miss opportunities because we refuse to see something the way we're supposed to see them. We find ourselves missing opportunities, sometimes an opportunity uh, to invest a man was speaking, I was, um, uh, I was at um, uh, an event on, was it Wednesday? Uh, the Akim Belosage Distinguished Lecture on African Entrepreneurship. This was in uh, Gibbs Business School, uh, Pretoria, University of Pretoria in South Africa. It's a privilege to just sit down to listen to this lecture, I was delivering a paper the next day at another event. If you follow me on social media, you must have seen this. So I was, I was in South Africa in the course of the week, like I said last Sunday. But this is where I'm going. The, the, the lecture, a, a huge part of the lecture delivered by a Nigerian businessman who um, I had the opportunity of interacting with. I'm, I feel, I'm feeling free to tell his story because I feel it's a good story uh, because he's a man of integrity from what he told me. I'm here to validate, but from what he told me. <laughs> Same is called Karim. Um, he, he, he has a, a business in the power sector in oil and gas. And he was saying something about how when telecoms opened in Nigeria, one of the big telcos invited iNetwork Nigerians to pitch to them. They wanted to buy, the, they just got their license and they just wanted to, to sell a bit of the business. And he said, they pitched to him and spoke to him about buying the parts, one of the major uh, uh, first movers in the telco industry in Nigeria. And he said, when they told him that it's going to take them about seven years to break even, and um, his friend already had invested, I think, $3 million, and they were asking him to just invest 1.5 and take, you know, a good... Uh, maybe 5% or something, I can't remember. And he said, he said, I know what I can do with this money that will yield much more. I, I can't wait for seven years. He said, he didn't know that they're going to break even in one year. <laughs> so because it was like telling the, the, the greatest regret of his life so far. He's doing very well. I mean, he's invested in other things and made more money since then. But that particular one, he said, that won't, it won't leave me in a hurry. The fact that uh, from time to time we need to trust God to open our eyes to see real opportunities. So sometimes uh, we miss 
opportunities in investment, moment to step forward and take a job because you're looking at something else, you're looking at maybe how much you'll be paid and different things like that. Or sometimes it may even be an opportunity to approach a lady you admire as a young man. Yeah. But you waited for too long. You didn't see the treasure. And somebody bought the field. These things happen from time to time. Let's go a little further. Just three important thoughts from this story. You know, in this teaching series, we, do, we, we, we just dig into the stories. And I believe as, I, as we dig into the stories this morning, in the remaining 20-something minutes that I have, that somebody here, your mind will open this morning. God will open your eyes this morning in the name of Jesus. The first thing that I want to talk about about this great story from Jesus is one that we need to recognize opportunities. We need to recognize opportunities. Opportunities sometimes come disguised as sacrifice. Sacrifices. That's how it comes. It comes disguised as sacrifices. Opportunities will not always come you know, as glittering as we will expect, like a pot of gold or, or diamonds or anything like that. Even in the story of this morning, the, 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 the traveler did not see, it wasn't like the, the box of, of treasures was on the surface. It was, it was underneath death. He just listened enough to notice that <clears throat> something was different. And he found it. He had to unhurt it. And then he found it. Opportunities will not always look like it. But God wants to give us the grace to always seize the moment. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And he says this is how the kingdom of God is. Because for most people, the kingdom of God will not always also look like it. Yeah. You get frustrated. You, you, you know, you'll be hurt by church people. You will... Many things will happen to push you away from following Jesus. But except you see the treasure in that followership, you may not be able to go for it. I'm going to vacillate between uh, natural things of our lives and kingdom as I go deeper into this. So you understand. I'm striking at the need for stronger spiritual development because where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be and where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Your heart will always follow your treasure. If you cannot see the kingdom of God as treasure, if you cannot see your relationship with Christ as treasure, your heart will gravitate away from it from time to time. What value are you placing on the kingdom of God and your relationship with Jehovah? It's very important. It's very important. So I'm going to move in between the two. As we speak to opportunities in life, we'll speak also to the need for us to be very strong and tenacious about how we pursue the kingdom of God because that's our greatest treasure. Are you still with me this morning? Are you getting something out of this? So, it won't always look like it. Opportunities sometimes become disguised as sacrifice. To come disguised as sacrifice. Sometimes to come to church will look like sacrifice. Yeah. Sometimes to take a long drive will be like sacrifice. For somebody even to wake up early enough from wherever you have woken up this morning around the world to log on uh, to, to be a part of this service, it may look like sacrifice, 
But if you, you value it, your spiritual development as treasure, Jesus said you let go of everything to be able to pursue it. In uh, Matthew 19, when you read from verse 16 down to 30, it's a long reading. Uh, I would maybe take a, a, a little bit of it and paraphrase. The story, this time around, not, not, not uh, a parable. That's why we're not actually digging into it in this series because we're dealing with parables. This was a story told by Jesus about, uh, uh, not even a story, an occurrence, pardon me. It was an occurrence that was recorded. The Bible says in verse 16 of Matthew 19, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And then Jesus said, No one is good, da 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 da, da. And then let's, let's keep to uh, uh, maybe verse 18. And he said to him, uh, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. Because he said, go and fulfill all the law. And he said, which ones? He said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not uh, and, uh, honor your father and mother, and all that. And verse 20, the young man said, all this I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? He saw himself as a good person who has kept all the law. What, what do I still lack? And then Jesus said to him, verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And look at verse 22. When the young man had heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. These stories, we can draw a parallel between a parable of this morning and this interesting encounter that somebody had with Jesus. He was not able to recognize the opportunity presented to him. Something held him back. That was his possession. Jesus was trying to help this guy to overcome greed so that he could be effective as a disciple. But he couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. You know, in the scriptures, not many people had the opportunity of Jesus inviting them to follow him. Some people even wanted to follow him like the madman of Gadara after he had been healed of his madness. He wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, not because you, are, you, you could be mad again, no. But because you have a great testimony and I want to make you an evangelist. So go, don't follow me, go and tell your people. Go and tell your people. Jesus went on the Sea of Galilee and saw uh, 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 James and John, the sons of Zebedee, saw Peter and he called them. So he, he called people. It was a privilege to be called by Jesus. But there are many people who really wanted to be a part of what he was doing and they couldn't get the opportunity to be that close. And this young man came, presenting himself as somebody who, want, who really wants to be a disciple. And Jesus said, if you can just demonstrate that you have found a treasure, that you are willing to sell everything, give to the poor, and come and follow me. <laughs> one, the hold of greed will be broken over your life. You will have absolute dependency on me. This were, these were the things Jesus was teach, trying to teach this young man. I presume maybe if he had walked away saying, Master, give me 24 hours, I will dispose of everything. Jesus may even have called him back. He said, maybe you shouldn't dispose. I just wanted to see the state of your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's how God will play sometimes. He said, no, 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 don't worry. Just come, come. Come, delegate your business to somebody and come. But this guy went away sorrowful because his heart was in his treasure, not in the kingdom of God. The value he placed on the kingdom of God was far lesser 
than the value that he placed on what he possessed. That, this is why, for instance, people struggle for, to give. People struggle to tithe. People struggle to love God with what they have. Because our hearts are wrapped around what we have, not the kingdom of God. Because if we see the kingdom as a treasure that has been found, then you're willing to leave everything behind to pursue that treasure. Is somebody still here this morning? This is sounding like hard saying to some people. But this is the reality of the kingdom. Jesus said this is how the kingdom is. A man found a hidden treasure and then he sold everything that he had so that he could buy that land and lay hold on that treasure. Lay hold on that treasure. You will not always see the finished product. You need discernment to recognize potentials. The way some of us treat our relationship with God, this morning we need to pray for better discernment to understand the value of that relationship, the value of the kingdom, what we have in eternal life, so that we're willing uh, to sacrifice in the current time so that we can have treasures in heaven. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Or say better amen, somebody. Amen. In Ephesians 1 and verse 18 to 19, the writer of the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul was writing that the highest of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may be empowered to know you know, uh, the, the fullness of what God has for us. Say the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. Yeah. This is what happens. When this happens, then we're willing to trade in everything to be able to lock into the opportunity of the kingdom. And it's vice versa in issues of life. Yeah. When God opens your eyes, like he did to me, when I met my wife. You know, I don't say this too often. It took two years of pursuit <laughs> to be able to get this woman's hand in marriage. Yeah, two years. I told some of my friends, I said, we died there. Yeah, because some, some, some people will call me and say, you have been following this girl for over one year. She has not said yes. What's your problem? <laughs> See plenty of ladies all over the place. I said, this one, I found what I'm looking for. Yeah. We died there. <laughs> 16 years and counting. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets at all. Praise God. And you know, I'm not saying that like what pastors will say. No. You know me. <laughs> I talk. <laughs> I say my mind. This is not like what pastors will say. Uh, this is a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't talk about my wife often. And I don't even, I, I, I even plan this. But I can't be hearing treasure, treasure, treasure. <laughs> And I will forget my own treasure. <laughs> Praise God. And I remember the sacrifice also. Yeah. I remember seeing other opportunities, but I felt like this is my opportunity. Yeah, this is my opportunity. Just stay there, stay there, stay there. And some people need that staying power that God opens our eyes 
That job that you are on right now may not look like it. But if God will open your eyes to see the treasure, perhaps you want to stay there a little bit more. Yeah. Perhaps you won't jump that ship so quickly. Somebody stay with me this morning. That's one prayer that you must leave this service with. The prayer of, uh, you know, of Paul in Ephesians 1 and 18, 18 and 19, that God will open your eyes to see. See the treasure on your path. See the treasure in the relationships he has placed around you. See the treasure in the business opportunities that other people are not seeing. Yeah. Is somebody still here this morning? Secondly, know when to let go of the past. Know when to let go of the past and grasp the future. What is the opportunity cost for greatness? It's a question I want to, everybody to go with this morning. I may not be able to answer it fully, but you need to just pray through it this week and answer it for yourself. What is the opportunity cost for greatness? What is the opportunity cost for greatness in my life? What is the opportunity cost for greatness in your life? You need to be able to answer that question. You know, in simple economics, they say opportunity cost is the alternative for God. Abi, am I saying the truth? Yeah. That's what he said. What alternative are you willing to trade off so that you can lay hold on the full scale of the opportunities that God will bring into your life? A lot of the time, the reason why we are not maximizing opportunities or even recognizing opportunities, like I said in, in my first thought, is because we are not willing to undertake the trade-off to let go of something. In the story that we are looking at this morning, this man was willing to let go of his past or presume and put everything that he had as the good of the past that may stop him from getting the best in the future. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. Because everything he had worked for, the farm, the implements, the tools, the animals, everything. To say, I'm going to just sell everything off so I can pursue the future. Because this is where the future is. What is the opportunity cost for greatness? What will it cost today to get the future you want? A lot of the time people want to eat their cake and have it. And what it does is that it robs us of you know, bigger opportunities and bigger blessings. You know, the, the, the rich ruler that we read about, could, could, you know, he couldn't let go of the earthly wealth even though the eternal wealth was before him. Yeah. We could assume that he didn't understand who Jesus was. We could assume that he didn't understand that he was, he was, he was playing with a position in posterity. An eternity. Because Jesus eventually told his disciples, you guys are going to sit around me and judge the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, and all that. And today we read about them we, all over the world, wherever you mention Christianity. You talk about Peter, Paul, James. You talk about everybody. This guy, we only knew him as a rich young ruler. No, his name was not even mentioned. Yeah. And every time we read his story now, we say he's a foolish man. But you can imagine if he was willing to trade that off because everything he had, he still did not go to heaven with it. 
but he could have left a posterity for himself if he was willing to uh, make that trade-off. So sometimes we're weighed down by the pain of the past. Holding on to something just because we have labored so much on it. Not willing to let it go for something that is bigger. Can you have me look at your neighbor this morning and please tell them, say, don't cry over spilled milk. The cow is still alive. Opportunities abound. Praise God. Don't cry over spilled milk. The cow is still alive and opportunities abound. You know, a lot of the time, the way people deal with spilled milk issues is like, I think the cow is dead. There can't be milk again. Yeah, the cow is still alive. And the cow that produces for us in the kingdom is God himself. His name is called El Shaddai. Which literally speaking, it translated the big-breasted one. The nourisher of the universe. The one who has enough for everybody. Say amen, somebody. Yeah, he has enough for everybody. It's the big-breasted one, the nourisher of the universe. Our cow is still alive. <laughs> so we don't cry over spilled milk. Yeah. We press ahead knowing that there's enough milk to nourish the entire universe, including you and I. Yeah. So we're willing to walk away, willing to let go. Don't say life, you know, uh, in the way that everything is running out. No. The best of God is never in the past, it's always in the future. That's what, if I understand that, I'm willing to trade the past for the future. Because the best is always ahead of me, not behind me. Yeah. The Bible says the path of the just that shining light, the shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Why we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Yeah. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's what the scriptures say. The things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are seen are temporal. This one to change. Because the best of God is always ahead of us. Always ahead of us. Amen, somebody. That's why Paul, writing in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he, 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 he said, not that I obtain or, you know, uh, brethren, I do not count myself as, uh, apprehend, as, uh, to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press. Somebody say I press. 